Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. This morning, I just want to let you know, regardless of what you may now see or how you may now feel, the truth is your greatest days are ahead. God is not finished with you. You're a miracle in the making, and you have not reached your full potential. The work in God has begun in you, and he will finish it. What God started in you, in you he will complete. Amen? How many know that God is not finished with you and that he wants to do even greater things with your life? Amen? My opening scripture is Philippians 1, chapter, uh, 1 verses 6. Philippians 1, verses 6. It says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And the Amplified Bible says it this way. It says, I am convinced and confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Jesus Christ, the time of his return. Amen. Tell the neighbor next to you, God is not finished with you yet. Amen. God wants to give you something today. Let's just thank God for, that, for the miracles and the things that he is continuing to always do in our life and where he has brought us out of. Amen. Can anybody give him a shout, a clap? Thank you, Jesus. You are good. You are good. Yes, Lord. And so this morning I want to preach to you for a little while on a sermon I have entitled, Your Destiny is Greater Than Your Dilemma. Your destiny in God is greater than whatever problem or whatever issue that you are facing today. The Bible says that he will be faithful to us if we follow after the voice and plan of God in our life. You may be in the middle of the greatest battle of your Christian life. Hell may have made an all-out attack against you. Maybe you're even in the middle of a trial or a, a, a setback that you cannot see your way out of. But I have good news for you. Your destiny is greater than your dilemma. Amen. I want to pray this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you have done, Lord God, and that you are continuing to do in my life and our life, Lord God. I thank you for your promises. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see that we were meant for greater things, that are uh, greater things that are setback, setbacks and are so minor, Lord, compared to our destiny in you. In Jesus' name, amen. And if I really want to do things my own way, then I'm going to have to create my own destiny. You see, my uncle used to always tell me that it doesn't matter what we do because we are predestined where we're to go. And even at the age of 12, I was like, what are you talking about? That doesn't even make sense. Live how you want to live, and God gave us that option and the only reason we are predestined is because God knows the beginning and the end, and he knows what you're going to choose. And so I would tell him, okay, live how you want to live, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen? We create our own destiny. 
God gave us that free will, and he knows what each of us will do with our life. But if I will just align myself with the plan and the purpose of God for my life, all of a sudden, the promises of Scripture are available for every one of us today. Amen? If you believe that this morning, why don't you just give God some more praise? He is good. He is good. And he promises a lot. The Lord desires that we elevate our Savior above our circumstances or our issues. Whatever you are going through is not where God wants to keep you. Your spiritual journey was meant to be just that, a journey. You are not to stay still or stationary, but God is calling us a little bit higher this morning. God is calling us to elevate our faith in him. And today his amazing promises are available for all that believe and are are willing to follow the voice of God in their life. And so you know, we can trust the word of God. There are, there are over 5,000, over 5,000 promises in scripture today. And when we follow God and his plan, we are then available to receive some, if not all of those blessings in our life. If we would just, if we we're just willing to take that next step and follow after the voice of God in our life. 2 Corinthians 1, 20 through 21 says, For all the promises of God are in him, are yes, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God through us. Now he who established us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is in God. For all the promises, not just a few of them. And there are so many promises in the Bible, and I will hit on a few of them this morning, but I believe the promises that we have in God are ready to be received this morning. Amen? God wants to give you something today. God wants to encourage you and bless you today. First of all, what I see in Scripture is that Jesus promises to redeem our past. He promises to purchase back and to take back our past. You see, when Jesus encounters a woman in the New Testament, the Pharisees catch this woman in the very act of committing adultery. And the Pharisees are ready to stone her. You see, this was the normal penalty for adultery in those days. And so they bring this woman to Jesus and say, The law of Moses, O Rabbi, says this, that when someone is caught in the very act of sin, especially adultery, that they are to be stoned immediately. The law of Moses says this, O Rabbi, what do you say? And so the Lord, Jesus, they were trying to trap him. And, and Jesus responds with his infinite wisdom, and he says, He who is without sin, let them cast the first stone. And so these Pharisees who are about to stone this lady start to contemplate on, on what Jesus was saying, and they all started to drop their stones one by one and walked away. And so this woman turns around like awestruck, and, and she looks at Jesus, and he says, where are all your accusers? And she says, I don't know. I guess they all left. And so he said, well, they all left, and I don't condemn you, so sin no more and go. You see, Jesus doesn't hold our past against us. When we come to him in repentance, he is faithful and just to forgive. He, he says it's time to change and to move into a new direction for your life, for you see, her, her destiny was greater than her dilemma. Amen. How many of us have been accused today and how many of us have issues that are going on and things in our life? If we would just turn those things towards God, he is faithful. 
You see, there are promises available for every one of us today. You may feel like you have a past that cannot be erased, and you may feel like giving up, but in the middle of your issue, in the middle of your dilemma today, I hope you realize that God has a greater plan for your life. If you would just fix your eyes upon him this morning and know that God will never leave you or forsake you, all you have to do is surrender your life to him, and in the moment of surrender, God is able and willing to churn what seems like a dead-end road in your life and turn it around to be used for his glory. Amen. I thank God for his mercy and his forgiveness in my life, and I thank God for his healing touch. I am thankful for the blessings of God in my life today. Where, where would any of us be if it weren't for God working in us? Amen. Jesus promises to redeem our past, and secondly, he promises to bless our present. He promises to bless our present. And when we honor the Lord with our choices, it has a profound effect on our life today and in our future. For we have been given a hope when we begin to place our trust in God, if we would just fix our eyes on God. And so you ask, how do I know God has a plan for us, and how do I know that he has promises for us? Well, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Thank you, Jesus. That is the kind of God that we serve this morning. He doesn't want us to be bound by our past or stuck in our present, but God wants to give you a new future, a transformation in you that will cause you to fix your eyes on the Lord and, and his plan for your life. God will bring to pass what he has promised you. Hell doesn't have enough devils, and you don't have enough enemies to keep God's purpose and plan from your life from being fulfilled. God didn't bring you this far to forsake you. He has too much invested in you to give up on you now. He, hell is not in charge of your life. Amen? You don't belong to the devil. You don't belong to God. Satan doesn't control your destiny, and hell doesn't have the power to stop you or keep you down. Just as the devil couldn't keep you, keep Jesus in the grave, neither can he keep you in the trial or the setback that you may be in now. Acts 2, 23 through 24 says, In him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and be." And by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Peter said it was impossible for death to hold him. Jesus did not have enough enemies. The Roman soldiers did not have enough power. Even Satan himself could not stop the resurrection. Jesus was destined to go into the grave, and he was destined to come out. Amen? Acts 2, verse 27, Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Jesus knew that he would be crucified, but he also knew after the crucifixion there would be a resurrection. He knew that the cross was not the end, but only the beginning. Amen? Hebrews 12, verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand or the, or the, of the throne of God. A setback doesn't mean it's over. A setback is positioning you for a comeback. A door shut means an, another door is about to open. An ending only means that there is getting ready to be a new beginning. 
The road to destiny consists of endings and beginnings, setbacks and comebacks. And if you experience a, a great setback at the present, then get ready to experience a great comeback. Amen. Job 42.10 says, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. You see, Job experienced great loss, but in the end the Lord blessed him with twice as much as he had before. His latter end was greater than his beginning. Job 42.12-13 through 13 says, So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels and 1,000 yoke of oxen and 1,000 donkeys. He had also seven sons and three daughters. Your destiny is greater than your dilemma. God will bring you out of the trial, the affliction, or the setback that you are experiencing. God brought Joseph out of the pit, Israel out of Egypt, Daniel out of the lion's den, and the three Hebrew children out of the fire. And he will bring you out of whatever you are in if we would just listen to the voice of God. Psalm 34, 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Psalms 35, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. No storm is made to last forever, neither should your trial or affliction or setback. You shouldn't be fighting the same battle that you were last year. Amen. Romans 8.37 says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. 2 Corinthians 2.14, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. So how many things do we conquer? We conquer all things. And how often do we triumph? Always. I know it's hard to understand. I know in, in the natural you cannot figure it out. But the truth is, God will take what looks like a curse and he will turn it into a blessing. He will take what the enemy meant for evil and he will turn it for your good. Amen? Regardless of what you may be going through, regardless of what you are facing, you have the promise in God. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. If you could just understand his purpose in your life and the promise that he has for um, in, that the, prom, the, the promises that he has for your life and the problem, the issue, the situation that you're going through wouldn't even bother you anymore. If you will stay true in the hard times, God will use your adversity to make advancements. He will use your disappointments, and, they, and he will make them God appointments. He will make your opposition open doors of opportunity. You see, there's no pit deep enough. There's not a fire hot enough, and there's not a storm more powerful enough. Nothing can hold you back. You were created to be a victor. You were made to win. And in Adam, you were born a loser. But in God, you were born a winner. And God is not a loser, so you cannot lose. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. Before time began, you were a part of God's plan. You were chosen with Christ before the foundation of the world. Amen. Ephesians 1, 4, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. When you were born again, you were born in his image, created in his likeness, and born of his spirit. 
you are a child of the Most High God, and you are joint heir with Christ. Amen? Romans 8, 16 through 17, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Amen, that scripture right there makes, makes any trial or affliction that I've ever faced so minuscule to the glory that we will experience with God. Amen, you are a son of the most high God. John 1:12. but as many as received him to them, gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You are a part of the family of God. Everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to you. And when Satan sees you, he sees a child of God. He sees what you are about to become and what you are about to do. And when Satan sees you, he sees your destiny. And that's why he has made such an attack against you. He knows that you have been chosen for such a time as this. And he wants to keep you from becoming what God has predestined you to become. He wants to keep you from your future. You see, hell is not fighting you because of what you are now, where you now are, or what you now have. Hell is fighting you because of who you are about to become, where you're about to go, and what you're about to have. Hell is afraid of your destiny. You are not going through what you're going through because of sin. You are going through what you're going through because of something called destiny. People that are not going through anything are the people that are not going anywhere. And if David hadn't been destined to be king, he wouldn't have had to run from Saul for 13 years. If Joseph hadn't had the promise of the palace, he would have never had to go into the pit and then into prison. If Israel had not been on, on their way to a wealthy place, she would not have had to go through the fire and the flood. Psalm sixty-six, twelve: Thou hast cast men to ride over our heads. He went through fire and through water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. You see, before Israel entered into the wealthy place, a place of abundance and, and overflow, she first went through the fire and the flood. But just as the fire and the water could not stop Israel, the trial, the affliction, or the setback that you are experiencing cannot stop you. God brought Israel out of Egypt. He brought Joseph out of the pit, Daniel out of the lion's den, and the three Hebrew children out of the fire. He will bring you out of whatever you are in because your destiny is greater than your dilemma. Amen. Everything God has promised you shall come to pass. Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and, hath, and, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he make it good? He is more than able to fulfill his promises. God's word will not return void. God will perform on his word. Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in, th in the thing whereto I sent it. Jeremiah 1.12, For I will hasten my word to perform it. Your future is better than your past. Satan knows if he can keep you in your past that, he will never move, that you will never move into your future. And that's why Satan is spending so much time talking about yesterday. 
he is spending so much time talking about your past. And did you ever notice that Satan never talks about your tomorrow? He never talks about tomorrow. God is the one who discusses your tomorrow, not the devil, because the devil knows what your tomorrow could be if you would just keep your eyes on God. And if you would just keep, if you would just give your problems or your situations to him. Don't build your future around your past. Focus on tomorrow and not yesterday. Talk about your future and not your past. Don't dwell on where you were yesterday. Dwell on where you're going to tomorrow and where you're, where you're, where you're going next year. It's, it's your future, your destiny that Satan wants to keep you from entering into. Everything you are going through, the battles, the afflictions, the tests, the setbacks, the tr- all these trials and hindrances that you are experiencing, everything you are going through is the enemy trying to keep you from your destiny. Satan wants, to, wants you to lose your focus. He wants you to become discouraged and to give up on ever reaching your full potential. Don't get your eyes off of the prize. Quit looking at what you're going through and begin to look at what you're going to. Don't think on what you are experiencing, but about what you are expecting. Your destiny is greater than your dilemma. Satan's greatest fear is your tomorrow. Satan does not want you to become who God said you would become. He doesn't want you to go where God said you would, would, would go or have what God said you would have. The attack is on your future. You see, why did Pharaoh try to kill Moses as a little baby? Moses wasn't working any miracles at the time. He wasn't delivering people. Um, of God. He was just a little Hebrew boy that looked no different than any other Hebrew child. Pharaoh didn't try to kill Moses as a little baby because of who he was at the time. He was afraid of who he was. Um, He was afraid of who he was. He was afraid of who he would become. He would become Israel's deliverer. You see, Joseph's brothers didn't try to kill him because of who he was at the time. He was only a 17-year-old boy that had a dream. Joseph's brothers weren't afraid of who he was. They were afraid of what he would become. They were afraid that his dreams might really come to pass. Saul wasn't afraid of David as a young boy playing the harp. In fact, Saul loved it when David played the harp because the evil spirit on Saul would leave. Saul wasn't afraid who, who David was at the time. He was afraid of who David would become, Israel's next king. Before Jesus was even two years old, Satan moved on the heart of, of Herod to, the, to have all of the male children two years and under killed. And why was Satan trying to kill Jesus as a baby? Jesus had never opened the eyes of the blind, healed a leper, cast out devils. He never turned water into wine, never multiplied any loaves and fishes. Neither had he shed any blood as the prophets said he would shed. He looked like all the other babies of his day. He cried and he acted like a normal child. But Satan was afraid of who Jesus was as a baby. He, was a, or he wasn't afraid of who he was as a baby. He was afraid of who Jesus would become when he became a man. Satan wasn't afraid of what he was doing at the time. He was afraid of what he would do in his future. Satan knew that if he could stop Jesus as a baby, then he would never become a man. If he would be, never become a man, then there would never be a crucifixion. And if there would, was never a crucifixion, there would never be a resurrection. And if there was never a resurrection, we would never have a Savior. Amen.
And in the lives of all I've mentioned, Moses, Joseph, David, and Jesus, and there's many others throughout the word of God, the devil's plan did not prevail. And the same is true in your life. The enemy's plan will not prevail. God's plan will prevail, and God's purpose concerning your life will stand. Isaiah 14, verses 24, The Lord of hosts hath sworn, saying, Surely, as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. Your destiny is greater than your dilemma. It doesn't matter who or what is against you, because God is for you. Romans 8.31, what shall we then say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? The devil can't kill you or he already would have. In spite of everything you've already been through, in spite of the hurts and the betrayals, the setbacks and the battles that you've walked through, you're still standing and you're still alive. And greatest of all, you're still saved and you still have an unshakable faith in God. Amen? And if the devil couldn't kill you yesterday, why does he think that he can succeed today? If the devil didn't make you turn away from God yesterday, why does he think he can today? The devil is a liar and he is a father of all lies. Psalms 118:17, I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Look at what you've already been through. Look at the hell that you've already walked through. Look at what you you had to go through to get to the place that you are now. You are a survivor. And others would have lost their mind. Others would have given up and never made it. But not you. God is on your side. God is for you and he is with you. You are not alive today because of, a good, of good luck. You did not make it through everything you've been through because of a lucky charm that you, that you might be carrying. You didn't survive all the attacks against you because you were lucky. You're alive. You're our survivor because God has been and still remains on your side. Amen. Psalms 124, 1 through 4. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, it had not been the Lord who was on our side. When men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters and, and had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. If the devil would have had his way, you wouldn't be here. If your enemies would have had their way, you would be dead. If you've been lied on, betrayed, slandered, and falsely accused, you, that might have all happened to you, but nothing planned against you has worked. No weapon formed against you was able to bring you down. Isaiah 54, 17, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Even when you were in sin, God was with you. Even when you were out of God's will, his hand was upon you and he had a plan for you. Maybe you've not seen the total fulfillment of his plan, but daily it is unfolding in your life. Even though you had not reached your destiny as of yet, at least you are on your way. You are making progress. And it's not easy to be in that between, between your beginning and your end, in between prophecy and fulfillment in between the conception of a dream and the birthing of a dream. One of the hardest places is to be called, or is to be in the place called the in-between stage. And in that place, 
called the in-between, is where your faith is severely tried. It's a place where the devil will try to get you to give up on your dreams and visions, to give up on your purpose and your destiny. When you are between Egypt and the promised land, in between the pit and the palace, in between the crucifixion and the resurrection, the enemy will try to make you doubt the promises of God and even the call of God upon your life. When you're in the place called the in-between, you are between A and Z, and you feel like a caterpillar who is about to become a butterfly or a bird about to break out of its shell that's holding him in. You are in something called the process. But remember, at least you are making progress. Maybe you are not at Z, but at least you're not at A. You're not where you, where you want to be, maybe, but you are not where you were. You don't have everything you want to have, but you have more than what you used to have. You're making progress. You're a miracle in the making, and when people look at at you, they may not see a finished product, but the good news is when God looks at you, he sees a finished work. Amen? People may look at you and, and see a mess, but when God looks at you, he sees the miracle. God doesn't see you at the place you are now in. He sees you at the place he has predestined you to be. He doesn't see you for who you are now. He sees you who you are about to become. You see, God called Jeremiah a prophet while he was still a child and could hardly talk. In fact, when God told Jeremiah he was a prophet, Jeremiah responded by telling God that he had missed it, that he wasn't a prophet. Like, what are you talking about, bro? (laughs) That's how I talk to God, so... (laughs) Jeremiah 1 verse 4 through 6 Then the word of the Lord came unto me saying Before I formed thee in the belly I knew thee And before thou camest forth out of the womb I sanctified thee And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations Then said I Ah Lord God Behold I cannot speak For I am a child So how come God has said one thing But Jeremiah is saying another God was looking at Jeremiah's future while Jeremiah was looking at his present. God saw where Jeremiah was going while Jeremiah could only see where he was. God saw what Jeremiah was going to become while Jeremiah could only see where he was at the time. Last week, Reese talked about a a man named Gideon, and we learned that he was a mighty man of valor, right? God called Gideon a mighty man of valor before he ever became a mighty man of valor. Judges 6.12, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. When the angel called Gideon a mighty man of valor, Gideon was hiding in the rocks and the mountains, a slave to the Midianites. You probably remember that from last week. Gideon wasn't acting like a mighty man. Neither did he feel like one. But God wasn't looking at who Gideon was at the present. He was looking at who he was going to become. God looked ahead to the next chapter of Gideon's life in Judges 7. Gideon became a mighty man of valor as he led his army of 300 against the Midianites with not even a weapon. Gideon defeated the Midianite army and Israel obtained a great victory. You see, God changed Abraham, Abram's name to Abraham, which means father of many nations, before he even had his son Isaac. The promised son was never even born. Genesis 17, 5, Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but the name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. Abraham wasn't a father of many nations, but did you notice what God said? 
He said, a father of many nations have I made thee. God was declaring those things way before they even happened. God spoke as if Abraham was already the father of many nations, even though in the natural he wasn't. God knew Abraham's future. Because God knew his future, he spoke what was going to be, what was going to be as if it already was. God doesn't see you as who you are now. He sees you as who you're about to become. He doesn't see you at the place you're now at. He sees you at the place he has purposed for you to go. You're like a seed. A seed doesn't look like the fruit it's going to produce. A seed doesn't look like the fruit it's going to become. But we know what we expect that seed to grow into, right? You're about to become what God has said you would become. You're about to go where God said you would go. And you're about to have what God said you would have. You're closer to your destiny today than you were yesterday. And because you're so close to your destiny, because you're about to step into the greatest days of your life, hell has made an all-out attack against you. And if you're experiencing an increase in spiritual warfare, it's because Satan has discovered your purpose. If Satan is highly interested in you, it's because God is highly interested in you. If you have the attention of the devil, it means you also have the attention of God. And if you, have the atten- if you have the attention of hell, it means you also have the attention of heaven. And Jesus went through his greatest battle with the devil right before he began his earthly ministry. Matthew 4, 1 through 4, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came, in, came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Luke 4.14, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. If you are experiencing a great attack, you are about to experience a great victory. If you are experiencing persecution, you are about to experience a great promotion. The stronger the warfare is, the greater your blessing will be. You are under the attack because you are about to step into your future. You're about to fulfill your purpose. You're on the verge of a breakthrough, a new anointing, a household salvation, a financial miracle. You're about to break into your tomorrow. You are about to walk into your destiny because your destiny is greater than your dilemma. Amen? You may... You may be down, but get back up. If you have failed God, that does not mean God is through with you. Proverbs 24:16 says, For a just man falleth seven times and rises up again. Failure doesn't mean it's over. Just because you sin doesn't mean God has removed his hand off of, off of you. 1 John 2, 1, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate, the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. His mercies are, are new every morning, and his mercies endure forever. You see, mistakes are correctable. Sin is forgivable, and favor is accessible. David failed God, but he received forgiveness and became the king of Israel. Samson failed God miserably, but cried to God in his trouble, and he did more in his death than he did his whole life. 
Peter failed God. Even, he even denied knowing Jesus, but he received forgiveness and was the one used to preach the first message after Pentecost, which led multitudes to be added to the church. Abraham got impatient and went into Hagar, and Ishmael, which means son of the flesh, was born. Even though Abraham disobeyed God when he became impatient for a son and tried to make a miracle happen, this didn't stop God from fulfilling the promise that he had made to him. Isaac was still born. Moses tried in the flesh to deliver the people of God and failed. But 40 years later, after seeing a bush on fire and having God speak to him from the bush, he tried again and succeeded. Your destiny is greater than your dilemma. The devil may hinder you, but he cannot stop you. He may have stripped you, but he cannot stop you. If the, if the devil could stop you, it would make God a liar, and God is not a liar. Titus 1-2, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Because you refused to give up, because you stayed faithful in the midst of your trial or your affliction or setback, because you got up every time you got knocked down, God is now about to do what he promised. Psalms 126, 1-5, when the Lord turned against the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. And then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. You're going to dream again. You're going to love again. You're going to sing again. You have sowed in tears and now are going to reap in joy. Isaiah 61, 3, God says he is going to give you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that you might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Even your enemies are going to say, the Lord hath done great things for you. Not only are your enemies going to say it, but you're going to say the Lord hath done great things for me as well. The devil tried to make you give up. Your friends might have told you that your dreams would never come to pass. Even people in the church thought you were crazy and your enemies laughed at you for staying faithful. You could have given up, but you refused. And at times you felt like giving up, but you didn't. Against all odds, you stood and you believed for a miracle. And because you stayed faithful, God is now going to bless your, you greater than you've ever been blessed. Because you refused to give up and stayed true to God during your trials and your setbacks, God is going to now reward you. Galatians 6, 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Others quit, but you held on. Others ran away, but you stood your ground. And while others walked away, you remained. While others lost faith, your faith remained strong. And now God says it's your due season. And the word due means that it's owed to you. And because of your faithfulness, God says, I owe you something. I owe you a blessing. I owe you a promotion. I owe you a reward. And the reward you are getting ready to receive will be greater than any trial, any affliction, or any setback that you have experienced. God is going to give you double for your trouble, and your future is going to be greater than your past. Amen. Hey, guy, 
2 verse 9, the glory of, the, of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Your destiny is greater than your dilemma. And so I'm going to close with this, if the music would come. When God delivered Israel out of, out of bondage, he blessed them with, with things that they didn't even have when they went into Egypt. Israel didn't just come out. They came out with a great substance. Genesis 15, 13-14, And he said unto Abram, Now of, of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall receive will I judge, and afterwards shall they come out with great substance. You see, when Israel walked out of Egypt, they had more blessings than they had ever known. After Daniel came, after Daniel came out of the lion's den, he was promoted. And once the three Hebrew children were delivered from the fire, they also were promoted. After Joseph went into the pit and the prison, he was promoted to the palace. And when Jesus walked out of the grave, he didn't just walk out. When he came out, he came out with something. He didn't have what he, when he went in. And when Jesus went into the grave, Satan had the keys of death and hell. But when Jesus walked out of the grave, he had the keys. Revelations 1.18, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and, I, and have the keys of hell and of death. You're not just coming out of what you've been in. You're coming out blessed greater than you've ever been blessed. You're getting ready to have things you didn't even have when you went in. And you stayed faithful and, and now the page is beginning to turn and your situation is changing and your miracle is starting to begin. A new chapter is beginning and regardless of what you may see or what you may feel, your greatest days are ahead. It doesn't matter what has happened in your life or what is happening at your present time. Your destiny is greater than your dilemma. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Your destiny is greater than your dilemma. Thank you, Jesus. If you guys would just stand, the altar is open. Lord, I thank you for what you are doing in our life. Lord, I pray that you would help us not to get discouraged or to give up when we are hurt or when we fall down from our issues. Lord, I pray that you would help us to get back up and that we would be victorious, Lord. Help us to be the victors that you have promised us to be. Lord, I pray that you would encourage us this morning that whatever we are going through, that we would continue to move forward in you and that we would not, that we would not lose hope and that we would not give up faith in you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would help us to stand strong during these tests and during these trials. Lord, help us to keep our eyes on you. Help us to keep our eyes on tomorrow and not on yesterday, Jesus. Lord, I pray that the devil, Lord, I know that the devil tries to remind us of our past and, and what, what has happened yesterday, but help us to see our destiny. Help us to see where you are taking us and where you have promised us, Lord. Thank you for your promises, Jesus. Thank you, 
Lord, that we can trust in you. Help us to keep moving forward and not just stay still. Help us to continue moving towards you and towards our destiny, Lord. If we could just see what our destiny is, our, our tests and our trials wouldn't even seem like a big deal compared to where we are going. Lord, I pray that you would help us to focus, Lord, on you. In Jesus, in Jesus' name, Lord, we pray.